So this is episode 11 of Olu Swole, the podcast on the budget. I'm excited to welcome our guest. He is a renaissance man and an oboe player. Dade, what's good? I'm good. How are y'all? Yeah, I'm doing well. Uh, thanks for coming on the pod. Um, just for a bit of context, for people who don't know, uh, Dade is a friend of mine from Penn. Uh, so we're both freshmen, and uh, now he's here. Um, you're from Austin, Texas, and as someone who also grew up in Texas, I just wanted to ask you, like, some people say Texas is kind of dull, you know, it's just planes and stuff like that. Like, what do you think about that? I think that specifically Houston has a lot of parties, especially if you're Nigerian. Houston is uh-huh. definitely where it's at. But I, Texas is a good place to grow up in, but I would not want to spend, like, my 20s here, to be honest. Mm. Why is that? Like, I feel like, I don't know, strong education systems. Being in the suburbs is pretty nice as a kid. You get to drive at a pretty young age. I don't know, everything's just, like, really convenient, really big. And then, like, I feel like that's nice for when you're younger or when you're older. But, like, if you're, like, in the 20s, I don't want to be driving everywhere. There's just not as much to do for that age range, I feel. I kind of agree because... um... It's it's a big reason why I didn't apply to any schools in Texas because I lived there for so long and I was just like, mm-hmm. I don't want to be like a 19, 20, 21 year old in Texas. Like I'd rather be somewhere else. It's similar kind of sentiment there. Yeah, exactly. That's why I applied to one. Okay. You wait one school in Texas. Yeah, only one. Okay. Was it UT? Yeah, it was UT. But like they had, okay. it was just auto admit. So. Hmm. Oh, like did you do that like top? X percent of the graduating class of Texas high school students automatically get in, right? Yeah, for us it was six percent. Okay, talk to them. It's elite status right there. <laughs> yeah. And uh, like, are you a UT fan or anything like that? No, but this is a big uh, UT household because uh-huh. my dad worked there. My both my siblings go there currently. Okay, that's cool. I really like because even though I grew up in Houston. I always used to see those Longhorn jerseys and that burnt orange color. I really, I, I didn't know anything about the school, but I always gravitated towards their jerseys and their uniforms. So, yeah, I like UT, I guess, but I'm, I don't really follow them too closely. I know Kevin Durant went there, though, when he I, was in college. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My entire bedroom is burnt orange with a Longhorn on the wall. Mm. Stay repping. Gotta respect that. It's just so Texan. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I want to transition to music because I know you're an oboe mm-hmm. player. You play percussion and oboe. And then for oboe, I think you advanced to regionals. And uh, I think you advanced to the area as well. Um, tell me about playing the oboe uh, and like, how you got into Where you get all the information from? I do my research, man. <laughs> yeah. Fed. Federal. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I started playing in like sixth grade. Like just mm. to, and I don't know. I guess I just like got really into it, so I've just practiced a lot, and that's eventually how it led up to that, like in high school. Mm. Is it something that you just picked up on your own, or was it your parents who were encouraging you to do music? I mean, my siblings both played instruments also, so I was like, okay, well, I was playing instrument, and then uh, I didn't really get to choose. It was more like when I got into sixth grade, they like gave us a bunch of like tests, and they're like, okay, you'd be good at this instrument, and then. That's just one with that. I wanted to play like saxophone originally, but mm. 
That's pretty interesting. Because uh, I played the violin for like since I was a little kid. And I played the trumpet when I was like 13. That's when I started doing that. And for mm-hmm. the violin, it was just something I never really wanted to play it. But it's just my parents got me into it when I was like a little like five-year-old or something like that. And mm-hmm. at that point, I just had no choice. So by the time I got to eighth grade, I was like good enough to play in the orchestra. And I was just like, I'm kind of decent at this. Um, I've been doing it for so long, so I might as well just, you know, continue for a bit. But I think something mm-hmm. that I kind of struggled with was like I didn't really enjoy practicing. Be- I think a big reason be- was because I was playing a lot of classical music. I don't listen to classical music. I listen mm-hmm. to rap. I listen to pop. Mm-hmm. I listen to R&B. Which you can still play on the violin if you're good enough, mm-hmm. but it's just the songs I was practicing were not in that genre. Did you ever kind of get bored of practicing the oboe because the kind of music you're playing didn't really go well with the kind of music you listen to on a daily? It's actually funny because, like, in middle school, I used to, like, look up, like, a bunch of, like, sheet music for, like, pop songs and stuff like that. And, like, I'd like, be playing that. But then I eventually got bored of that, and I got more, like, way more into, like, the classical stuff. So then that's kind of what I was uh, more focused on in, like, high school. Hmm. Okay. And um, how was, like, the vibe of just being in the – because I know you were in the you were in the wind ensemble. Like, what was the kind of vibe of being in such a big, like, group? Uh, I mean, it was pretty chill. It was very laid – <sighs> It was not laid back. It was definitely like kind of intense, but it was, hmm. it was fun. We got to play a lot of good music. Got to go to a lot of places. Like where? Just like across the district or across the state or what? Um, it was mostly like across the like, we went to different parts of Texas. Definitely like Houston, Dallas at some point, San Antonio at some point. Um, hmm. in like middle school, we went to like Indianapolis. Oh, so. Wow. It, we definitely got to do like a, a decent amount of traveling. Hmm. That's pretty dope. Um, I mean, when I was, because I left Houston when I was nine years old, so I wasn't really involved in any competitions or anything like that. Uh, but in Abu Dhabi, you know, stuff like music groups and varsity sports, like you, you have them, but they're not taken. Mm-hmm nearly as seriously in terms of like okay in america it's like you have a competition and you go to like district you like district and then you're the best in the city and then you you're the best in the country like nationals and stuff mm-hmm. it's not like a regimented kind of like competition system for high school level things so mm-hmm. we played with the string ensemble and the orchestra like we played at um like school events uh and events across the city and stuff like that but we didn't really go outside the country i mean that would have been I mean, you go out, sorry, go outside the city um, mm-hmm. like that. That would have been a cool experience. Um, tell me about the camaraderie that you must have built. Because, I mean, I can imagine those long plane rides to, from, like, Austin to Indianapolis. Like, you must have, must be some crazy stories you have. Um, I just know, well, I personally did not like being in, like, band or anything like that. I just like playing. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of my friends were also like that. Like, they were just, like good musicians but they just didn't like being in like the organization just because there's there's a lot of stuff that went down that was just really annoying Mm. but uh we definitely bonded over that it was definitely just like very funny because i don't know we were kind of just not 
I don't know. We were always like never like really like clicked in, like locked in to like all the stuff that was like going on and like all the events that they had or anything. But like we still had our fun. But our fun was mostly just like messing around, just doing stupid mm. shit. Mm. I get you. Um, yeah, I kind of. It's definitely uh, like yeah. The culture. Oh, I was I was just saying like the culture of a lot of things like Texas specifically, like sports music, is just like hyper competitive. Mm. And I mean, it's fun if you're doing well, but it definitely gets toxic sometimes. So, yeah, I mean, did that level of competition ever motivate you to like practice harder, or like, did it just have no effect on you? Okay, it did. I was like, I'm just a really competitive person. I feel, and like, mm. I feel like I was mostly motivated because of competition. So I was like, well, I want to practice really hard. I want to get really good because I want to win things. I feel like if I wasn't incentivized to do that, then I probably wouldn't practice as much. Mm. There was a level. See, there wasn't really a level of competition uh, in our um, in our orchestra and string ensemble uh, for the reasons that I mentioned already. Like, and in our orchestra, it's funny how you brought up like there's some people who like they play the instrument well, but they don't really want to be there. Like, they're just kind of like they'll, they'll mm-hmm. play the song, so they don't want to do anything else. Uh, we have people mm-hmm. like that in our orchestra. Um, you just kind of show up and do your stuff and, you know, get out. So, and there wasn't mm-hmm. really, because orchestra songs were, the songs we played in orchestra were always easier than the songs I usually play by myself and the songs I play in the string ensemble mm-hmm. because there's a much broader, much broader age range and ability range. So uh, they had to make the songs a bit easier. So I, I never really practiced them. I just, outside of the orchestra, I just came in, played them, and then got out. But for string ensemble... Mm-hmm. There was, and like I said, there was no sense of competition, but I had to work harder because, you know, I don't know if you have this for the oboe, but do you have like a first oboe, second oboe, third oboe? Yeah. 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 So for orchestra, I was always like first violinist. Uh, I think for most of, orchestra, most of my years there, I was first violinist. But for string ensemble, it's more exclusive and it's for the better violinists. Mm-hmm. And I had to, I kind of had to impose that level of competition on myself and motivate myself to, you know, mm-hmm. try to get a starting a first violin spot, which I eventually did. Um, mm-hmm. It also ha- also helped that some people, like my sister and other people, graduated before me. So it was just like moving up the ranks, filling empty positions. Um, yeah, that was cool. Uh-huh. Do you plan to continue the oboe playing at Penn or anything like that? There's just... Like, I remember before I got into Penn, I was like, yeah, I really want to keep playing in college. But like... It's extremely expensive to maintain, like, what I need to be able to play, like, at a high level, like, play well. And, like, that's something that my, like, high school did really well was, like, we had, like, really, really good instruments. Uh, We had really good, like, lesson teachers. We had really good, um, like, just resources. But, like, Uh. all that was kind of covered. And now I don't really have access to those same resources at Penn because now it's more, like, you kind of got to take care of those things by yourself. And I feel like mm. while like maybe I could if like I really like grinded to do that, but like I don't feel like I have the time to. Mm. Shout out to McNeil holding holding you guys down. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just do, the time do, doing what? the research. Of course, I mean I research all my I said guests. You do your research. Oh my! I do. <laughs> yeah, I do. I have to. Um. Yeah, it's just a similar kind of thing. I mean, the violin is a pretty low maintenance instrument in terms of 
uh, you know, upkeep and stuff like that. But just finding the time to mm-hmm. do all of that, mm, I probably wouldn't. I probably wouldn't uh, practice that much. It's just not good. I haven't played the violin mm-hmm. in 2021, uh, so that's not good. But it is what it is. Mm-hmm. I wanted to focus on this semester or last semester, semester we just had. Uh, what were some of the most memorable mm-hmm. experiences you had on campus? Because I saw you, you know, you've been out and about, so. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think. It all went by so fast. Mm, yeah. Uh, definitely just small gatherings with, like, my friends. I feel like I enjoy the most because I definitely went to, like, like bigger events. But those weren't really like as fun. They were just kind of like mm, it is what it is, just regular. But like small gatherings with my friends, just like maybe like five or six of us, just messing around. I feel like those nights were the most memorable for me. Hmm. The, the Lauder Gang. Yeah. 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 Um, it's so convenient yeah. being in that in that building. Yeah, I'm actually moving there next semester with uh, five of my guys. So. I wish. Where are you? I'm in Harrison, unfortunately. I uh, really okay. didn't want to be in a high rise. Why? Yeah. Because I just feel like, well, first of all, you have to pay 4K extra if oh. you want to like not share a bedroom. And also, it's. I just feel like if I was on, like, I really want a new Contrast West. Obviously, everybody did. Well, mostly everybody <laughs> did. But, like, I mean, we didn't get it, so. That's kind of like our last option. Hmm. But you didn't want to do a second. I could have gone like Gregory. You don't want to do a second year at Lauder. Um. See, I don't mind Lauder, like the building itself, but like it's just really, really far from everything. Yeah. Like I'm thinking, like all of my stuff will probably be on the other side of campus, and I'm trying to make that walk every morning. Yeah, that was. I like Lauder a lot. And the food is great. It looks bougie and all that when you walk in. Um, yeah. But the it's the same. And I'm, I'm going to be living there, which is cool. But the only downside is the distance, like you said. Because I'm in King's Court right now, mm-hmm. which is in the same kind of area. And Lauder mm-hmm. King's Court, that's far away from Huntsman, which I'm going to be having most of my classes. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. But, I mean, good exercise, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Can't complain about that. Do you think the semester lived up to your expectations so far? Um, yeah, actually. Like, I expected it to be either A, extremely difficult, or B, just, like, really boring, or both. I thought, like, there was going to be, like, so many restrictions that we wouldn't be able to, like, go anywhere, do anything. Like, I don't know, vaccine rollout came a lot faster than I expected. Um, we were able to do a lot of stuff outdoors, and... Ended up being a fun time. Yeah, I agree. Um, it definitely, my expectations were already so low because, you know, last semester, everyone was just at home. You know, I was just kind of sat in my room doing stuff and doing class and not really interacting with a lot of people. But now, able to, I've been able to meet a lot of cool people and hang out with them. And so I knew that just being in an environment where there are college students would always be better than just being at home in my house so mm-hmm. yeah and the vaccine rollout mm-hmm. was uh pretty fast i did not expect that but it's a good thing yeah i knew the deny yeah is there something that you're looking forward to like next semester 
definitely more in-person events. Um, I don't know if I'm looking forward to in-person classes because I feel like being online was the classes were definitely easier than they would have been in person, like by far. Um, mm. but yeah, I'll just have to say like being like actually being in person, like actually being able to like go to events for like clubs and stuff like that. Hmm. What kind of clubs are you involved in right now? Uh, I'm in Black Warden. Uh, I am in Maku, which I don't really know if that counts as a club. Uh, I'm also in Johnson Scholars, which isn't really a club, but it's like a uh, like a scholars program where they have like a lot of like pre-med focused events, mm. and you get to like shadow a lot of doctors and like do stuff like that. Mm, that's cool. Tell me about that pre-med grind, because I know like y'all pre-med students are pretty GPA focused, you know, constantly working. Like, how's that like? Yeah, GPA is definitely like on my mind a lot. But like, to be honest, uh, pre-med is not that bad. Like, if you ever hear a pre-med complaining about oh my god, like, I get no sleep, oh my god, like, I'm dying, like, oh my god, we have the hardest, like, course of study, not true. I definitely think that, like, computer science, engineering is way worse than pre-med. I feel like pre-med is just, like, like, it's okay. It's reasonably hard. Like, it's not, it's not Wharton. It's not, like, Wharton level easy, but it's not, like, it's not, like, computer science level hard. It's kind of, like, slightly, slightly above, like, medium mm. i get you um yeah i see i think i mentioned this in a different episode but like the computer science and engineering students out here talk about down bad like those guys are on different level horrible. Grind. down horrible like yeah i took sys 110 i will never take another sys class hmm. is sys 110 like intro to like programming and stuff yeah, it's like Java. It's, I mean, it's a reasonable class. Like, it's not like extremely difficult, but it definitely is time consuming, and mm. you definitely do need to go to office hours like regularly. And like the way that they uh, office hours works is like they know that everybody's going to be showing up to office hours, so they basically have office hours like for multiple hours of the day, almost every weekday. Mm. So you can just pop in, wait for a TA, and then like go through your code with them. Okay. That's a good. Um, that's a good thing. They also had the pretty good like office mm-hmm. hours set up for Math One Hundred Four because they knew a lot of people would be struggling with that. Um, but yeah, shout mm-hmm. out to them. You said. Um, yeah. You said the neuroscience grind isn't Wharton level easy, and like, pe- Wharton gets a lot of disrespect for non-Wharton people. I'm not gonna lie, but there are mm-hmm. definitely majors. There are definitely academic programs that are like more rigorous than Wharton. I wouldn't say maybe the freshman experience is easy, like the upper level classes. I wouldn't say they're like piss easy. They're probably like just not as hard as everyone else. That's what I would say. Okay. Well, the thing about Wharton also is like whether it's hard, whether it's easy, it really doesn't matter because no matter what, if you put in like just solid effort, decent effort, you'll get decent grades and your GPA doesn't even matter like that. Like, if you keep above, like, a 
three five in Wharton, and you like just make sure that you make like decent connections, you're you're set. You really don't need much. Everybody else is like, oh my god, like I'm literally suffering. Like engineering people, they're like crying because they're like, oh my god, I want a three three so bad. Yeah, yeah, I get you. I mean, yeah, that, that's definitely true. Um, it's much harder to get a high GPA if you're in engineering or computer mm-hmm. science or anything like that. Um, mm-hmm. Well, yeah, shout out to Wharton, you know, Snake Gang. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I want to sometimes. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it's understandable, you know. Wharton envy is real. Mm-hmm. Just kidding. <laughs> Any mm-hmm. time people are listening to this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I want to bring up this quote, and I saw this on your IG. I ordered the, the jerk. She said, you are what you eat. How did you come up with that? That is a line from Devil in a New Dress. Mm. And uh, it was Rick Ross that said it. No, 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 no. Kanye said it. Mm. Rick Ross's verse was afterwards. But afterwards, he said, I always... You see, I always like that sense of humor, but tonight you should have seen how quiet the room was. I don't know. That song is just so good. Lyrically, Are you musically, everything. Oh, yes. Big time. Kanye is one of the greatest rappers of all time. Yeah. I can. I don't listen to a lot of his music, but I can, I can probably agree with that. Is there a certain album that you like the most? Probably Late Registration. Mm. That album is just, just so much. Just there's just so much on it. Lyricism, the flow, all that. Just peak. The only Yay album I listened to start to finish is the College Dropout. That was a really nice album. Yeah, that album definitely. That's the album that Last Call was on. The album is definitely one of like that's top three for me. Hmm. Our top two also yay albums. Oh, I'm. I was saying I was ranking my my top yay albums. My oh. top three albums just in general. Yeah, my top three albums in general uh, would probably be like. Actually, I'm a I'm a scrap it. I'm a scrap it. I'll say the college dropout is my favorite. Is is over late registration, just mm. because of the last call. But I'll say my top three albums are probably like Late Registration, Blonde, and mm. Mm, that's a hard question actually. I need to look at my Spotify. Go ahead, man. Man on the Moon mm-hmm. by Kid Cudi. Mm. Cudi. Cudi's fire. Yeah, yeah. I like uh, Jesus Walks, Get Him High. Um, what's another one from that album that I like? Uh, let me just open my Spotify. Let me see what I got. Uh, from Kanye. <laughs> I'm trying to think. About they have all all falls down. They all falls down. Yeah, I like that. They have a uh, the new workout plan. Mm. Uh, we don't care. Breathe in, breathe out. Oh uh, yeah, 
Yeah. It's just banger I, after banger on that album. For sure. And I was listening to it in college. It was like the day after my first, my last set of finals ended last semester. I was just bumping that uh-huh. college drop out. Yeah. yeah I'm, I have listened to that so many times this semester. And I'm like, damn, like, maybe it is time to drop out. <laughs> He's making some valid points, though. Like, he makes a lot of, like, yeah. good points in the, in, the, in the record. So, on the album. I love the skits mm-hmm. in the middle, like, in between the tracks. Those are actually pretty good. Yeah. It's like, you know what will keep me warm at night? My degree. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> that was the funniest one. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, that, that one kills me every time. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's, they're trying to be satirical about it, but, like, it's true. I mean, it's not going to keep mm-hmm. you warm at night, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah, spitting some facts. You definitely made some points. Mm. I have a question. What is the meaning of like Olu Swole? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and answer. Um, Oluwole is my middle name. And then Swole oh, okay, okay, okay. is a word. Took that word, took my middle name, combined it into one, Olu Swole. Yeah. Okay. Okay, okay, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah, it's not even, it's not a real word. I just, you know, made it. A feature on the Daily Pennsylvanian. Yeah, I was uh, like, what does that mean? Like, <laughs> oh, you were? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, they had an interview with me, and then they wrote an article about Damn. it. Yeah. Okay, Mister Worldwide. <laughs> it's it's kind of crazy because when I started the podcast, I was like, "Man, if we could get if we could get on the Daily Pennsylvanian, that would be crazy." And then they reached out to me, and it's just mm-hmm. yeah, it was, it was pretty insane. I'll put the link in the description. Self promo. <laughs> what platform would you say is like? When you listen to podcasts, what do you listen to them on? Good question. Good question. So for me, I like seeing people's faces. So I Mm -hmm. usually listen on, but I don't like sitting down at my desk and just watching YouTube. So for Mm -hmm. me, like if I'm doing something at the same time where I don't necessarily have to move around a lot and I can watch a podcast, I'd watch on YouTube, maybe eat something or just something productive or whatever. Mm-hmm. But if I'm out and about and I'm moving around, then Spotify. Those are the only two that I use. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. What about you? I just use Spotify. Hmm. I don't really use YouTube because it's like, I don't know. I never really find myself like watching. I don't. I haven't watched YouTube in a long time, to be honest. But like, I remember I used to watch it so much, like when I was in middle school. But now it's like, mm-mm. I a different kind of focus. Don't really find myself doing that much. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I actually, I always have YouTube. I, I have I play YouTube quite a bit, but just it just has background, like, noise and stuff like that. So, um, like for me, but like I said, podcasting. I listen. I listen to more podcasts than I do watch TV shows. So like, you know, podcasts on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I listen to them. Um, but also for me, it's just like lo-fi music playlists, like those two-hour, three-hour mm-hmm. videos on YouTube, like. I swear mm-hmm. by those now because I remember one time I was writing an essay. It was for my, uh, it was like my final paper for my music class that I was taking this semester. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, I just couldn't focus. Like, I just had these, like, these, like, random thoughts in my head that would distract me from writing the paper, which is really annoying. And, mm-hmm. you know, you don't want to play music with lyrics because that's going to distract you from writing. So I played instrumental music, like, an instrumental 
and a playlist of instrumental music from my favorite album. But like, you know, I kind of knew the lyrics in my head, so I was kind of subconsciously singing them, and that wasn't really productive. So then I was just like, let me just try lo-fi music. And then for some reason it's boring enough that you don't focus on it, but interesting enough that it blocks out the it blocks out those like random thoughts in your head. I don't know the science behind it, but I was able to focus way better using lo-fi music. I don't know if you tried that before though. I usually always have music playing just like like with words too like I, I don't know I feel like I've like trained myself to like overcome that and work while there's like music playing so like hmm. I remember like last year I was like you know what I want to see how high I can get my Spotify minutes to go right but I was like I don't want to just be listening to like classical music all day either though so I'm just gonna have to like get over it just be able to like listen to music in the background so like I think I ended the year with like 180,000 minutes or something like that so like now oh. I just I just always have music playing in my room. That's crazy. 180k. That's crazy. <laughs> I mean, that's a different kind of skill. I mean, I couldn't do that. I, the lyrics just distract me too much. That's the, that's the problem with me. When when you're doing math, it's maybe you can do that. Maybe you can listen to music with words if you're doing math, but like for essay writing or mm-hmm. like anything that requires me to think in English, then like I couldn't do that. But yeah, shout out to you. I mean, that's yeah. a pretty dope skill. <laughs> yeah, definitely have to turn the volume like way down whenever I'm like writing an essay, though. Hmm. Yeah. Like, it can't be blaring. I get you. Do you play surround sound, or do you just uh, put on your headphones and or AirPods? You see, this is actually very unfortunate. Um, so I had AirPods, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna upgrade to AirPod Pros. And I upgraded to AirPod Pros on my birthday. And I gave my AirPods to my dad, and then I lost my AirPods Pro six days later. Ooh. So now I'm just, now I just use my speaker. Down bad, down horrible. I know it's I'm, it's actually like I'm actually so sad. Like that's that was the worst thing that happened to me all semester. Ah, uh. oh, it happened at Penn. Yeah. Uh, someone probably coughed it. Someone in Philly probably coughed them. They're probably using them right now. Yeah, not. That's what I'm saying. They definitely got stolen. Yeah. <laughs> 100% chance. Find my AirPods. Exactly. Find my AirPods is horrible. It never works. Mm. Yeah. I know someone who lost their um, AirPods on Philly camp- on Penn's campus as well. And they're using Find My AirPods. And it basically, he, he could tell that someone else had like picked them up and started using them. But he couldn't find where that person was. So he never got them back. Just sad for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I want to transition to like your future and your goals. Like, what do you? What is Dade trying to accomplish? Um, let me see if my see if my dad can hear me downstairs. <laughs> uh, definitely. Like right now, I'm thinking of going and getting like an MD PhD after uh, undergrad. But also, I want to go into like biotech. So I feel like after I finish like an MD PhD, I probably just go into like biotech industry. Maybe like go venture capital and then from there go into like biotech. Uh, but I'm also thinking about like startups and like businesses in undergrad, and like hopefully like something like that will take off. That's pretty cool. Um, why VC? Um, 
I just feel like, I mean, VC is not something that I actually want to do. I just feel like it's a necessary step into getting into, like, uh, biotech, like, uh, getting, like, a biotech, like, executive position. Hmm. And also, I mean, the VC, you know, that's a big bank, you know, a whole lot of cash. Yeah. yeah. It is bread, but it's, like, I don't, I don't think it's, it's something that, like, particularly interests me. More mm-hmm. of, like, a maybe necessary like step to get to where I actually want that's cool yeah I like how you have a plan personally I'm not sure what I'm gonna do post-graduation yet but I mean we'll see I don't know my master I wanna get a master's in something but I'm not sure what that thing will be yet mm-hmm. um, but you know we'll see I know they have a lot of cool sub-matriculation programs and for the listener at Penn it's basically like in five years you can get like a undergrad degree and a master's degree uh, from Penn if you get into the sub-matriculation program. Um, are you interested in doing anything like that? Um, I don't think I will, just because I feel like if I'm already getting, like, well, I plan on getting, like, an MD and a PhD, so, like, I feel like there's no need for me to get a master's, too. I feel like that's, like, that's, like, overkill. Why PhD? So, like, do you want to go into academia or something? Um, I do like research and I do like what you're able to do with research, but I feel like research is necessary for like starting like a biotech venture, obviously. Like if you look at like, uh, all the big biotech companies like Pfizer, uh, Regeneron, stuff like that, like they are all like alive because of the research that, uh, scientists have done to like allow them to get to where they are now. So like without research there's no developments and without those developments there's no business so that's kind of why i want to go into like the research side of it first to be able to like develop something on my own if i wanted to Hmm. that's pretty cool uh i like how you have that planned out and uh like the real world examples you use are pretty like relevant so yeah respect that i want to transition to the always full bowl that's the part of the podcast where i ask you some off-the-cuff questions or that are somewhat related to what we were talking about, or maybe completely unrelated to what we were talking about. Um, so what's the most, or what are the two most useless talents that you have and why? Most useless talents. Um, I think that I'm a really good whistler. And I feel like it's kind of useless because whistling just annoys people in general <laughs> uh, how, how, how so like how are you a good whistler I'll demonstrate name a song uh, like you, sh- you should probably do some some yay uh, okay. Jesus Jesus walks whistle that <sighs> okay I need, I need to stop smiling <laughs> No, that's never let me down. I feel like Jesus Walks is, like, weird to whistle because it's, like, the same note over and over. Yeah. Be something harder. More, like, more, like... Melodic? Yeah, more melodic, more up and down. Um, All Falls Down. That's more melodic, I'd say. That's dope. 
That's dope. That was nice. That was pretty accurate. Yeah. That's the Who's the woman singing that part? Um Oh, I forgot her name. That's so hmm. bad. How do I was... I need to look it up right now. Yeah. That was accurate. Selena Johnson. Yeah. All that. Yeah. The vocals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um and do you have a second one? probably that when I waterfall water I can just like keep on going okay you're not one of those people who okay. need to like do do that and like duck down and all those shenanigans I was going to demonstrate oh let's see that it's <laughs> kind of tough that's kind of tough that's kind of I'm not going to lie <laughs> I've seen some bad waterfallers in high school, so <laughs> that was good. Um, what's something that your brain tries to make you do that you have to will yourself not to do? I feel like just in general, I'm a very like unserious person. Like I'm just like always making jokes. So I feel like I always like have jokes to make at like the worst times. So I'm just like, you can't say that. Like this is like horrible timing, and like I like really restrain myself. Like self control when it comes to uh, making jokes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't bring this up. I remember when we were going to Chick Fil A with some other people. Uh, maybe that's an example of that. At least when we we're on the way back. Oh, yeah. I'm not trying to expose you, though. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Moving on. <laughs> Brian, if you're watching this. Brian, if you're watching this. That's that's all. All right. Y'all going to have to that's sort that out. Why do you think we dream? What do I think we dream? Um... Because your brain is active, even though your body is not, so it creates like quote-unquote visuals mm. that just happen whenever you are like asleep. I guess. Do you think there's a correlation between like your how frequently you daydream and how frequently you dream at night? Or is that a little far-fetched? I mean, I feel like it's the same, like, process. Just, mm. like, different... It's just different, like, what, like, states of your... I... Mm, I'm not sure. I really cannot say. Hmm. I get you. I feel like... I mean, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a pre-med student like you. So there's a lot I don't know. But I feel like there could be a correlation because I feel like my daydreams are very vivid. But my night dreams are mm-hmm. just pretty lackluster, like pretty uneventful, mm-hmm. just random things happening that are just <laughs> pretty boring. So maybe mm-hmm. it's like dreaming is an opportunity for your brain to like explore all 
explore different kinds of like realities or possibilities that wouldn't be possible in the real world. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm not the. I'm not an expert. I feel like daydreaming is necessary. I feel like it's like if you can't imagine things happening, then there's not really much for you to like attempt. If that makes sense. Mm, yeah, the power of imagination and manifestation. Yeah, it's important. Breeds creativity. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Is there anything else you want to let the people know about? You know, anything you're working on? Anything you want to shout out? Um, if you're going to apply to Penn, wait, no, 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 no. If you're choosing between Penn and another school, if it's not in a major city, don't consider it. You will be bored. Mm. Like, uh, not to slander, but Princeton, Yale, Dartmouth, Cornell, Cornell, Lane, uh. <laughs> middle of nowhere, nothing to do. Yeah, that's because Cornell have a pretty good business program, but I didn't want to go to. Ithaca, which is like in the middle of nowhere upstate New York. Like I'd much rather be in Philadelphia. There are more moves out here. Um Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Why on that note, why did you choose Penn by the way? Uh you see, I was like, okay, well, I want to go to an Ivy. And my parents were really pressuring me. They're like, go to Princeton, go to Princeton, go to Princeton. But I was like, I don't want to go to Princeton. Um I was like, I want to be in a major city because I don't want to be bored. Hmm. So I was like, okay, you have Boston, you have uh, New York, you have Philadelphia. And I was like, Columbia has a core curriculum. Hmm. And I feel like doing a core curriculum and pre-med at the same time would make me like extremely like, overworked. I thought it was going to be like, way too much. And then Harvard, I just didn't like like the culture. I don't know. It just seemed really like a little pretentious. Mm. Mm. So I was like, you know what? I'll just go pen. <laughs> yeah, the Harvard sentiment is pretty common. Uh, and the, even the Columbia, we said about Columbia, that's why um, some people, so I had some friends who didn't apply to Columbia because of the, the same reason. They didn't want to do the, the core. Because some people like mm-hmm. it, some people don't. It really depends on your own style. For me, mm-hmm. it was like, I knew I was interested in business. So, I was looking at the best business programs in the country. I mean, Penn has one of them, arguably the number one in the country, number one program mm-hmm. in the country. So, it made sense for me to apply here. And also, Philly is just a great city. So, I was like, I mean, go to school in a big city like this, in a vibrant city with good food, uh, historical sites, and at a place like Penn. And like, I mean, Penn has a good culture. Like, we have a good, like, social kind of culture. So, I like that. Yeah. It definitely is very social. I would say uh, the good food is definitely questionable. I don't really? know if I can say we have good food. I will not lie. I do not I'm like s- the food. I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about Penn necessarily, but I'm talking about, like, Philly. Like, good food. Oh, yeah. I think Philly food is, like, very just mid. But really? I live in Texas. And Austin has some of the best food in the country. Mm. Yeah, Texas 
dome for those big portion sizes. But we got the best barbecue. Probably have the best barbecue and like ribs and meats in the country, probably. Mm hmm. We have a Tex Mex. We have barbecue. Yeah. We just can't lose. Yeah, if you're looking for that kind of food, I mean, then Philly is probably not going to be your. Probably not going to be your number one place, but I feel like they have so many. There's a lot of diversity when it comes to like the kind of food they offer, so I like that. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So uh, thanks, Dade, for coming on the podcast. You know, appreciate you taking time out of your Thank day you to so much for having me. come on. No problem, dude. Yeah. Uh, Olu Swole is available on. I'm excited to see how this turns out. Yeah, yeah, me too. Olu Swole is available on Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. And if you're watching this on YouTube, our socials are linked in the description. And thank you guys for listening and peace.